Hey guys, just before we get you to this live, Confessions is out on Amazon. To order your copy, head to shaw.b forward slash confessions book. And let's get you to this live. Hey everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project with you again. I know I just got off off live about 20 minutes ago. Our special guest for today is Brittany Mason, who is, well, you're a lot of things, Brittany. So first off, welcome to the show. Secondly, do you want to tell everyone everything you do? Because it's quite a long list. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Well, well, what I have done or, you know, what I'm doing now, what I'm currently working on. Why don't we do what you, let's go with what you're doing now and then I'll go cycle back to how it all began. So everything you're doing as of right this moment, because it's a lot. Okay. Well, right now I launched, um, well, in 2017, I launched Moxie Media Productions in Ireland and took over the license for Miss Universe Ireland and started producing the show for Ireland. Um, I built the brand there. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and my first two girls made the, the top 15 back to back, Colleen Onyanito Bean and Grania Galena. And then um, our third queen, Fanula O'Reilly, she was our first woman of color and uh, to represent Ireland. So we made it, had another historical moment as well. So all my first you know three years in Ireland we made history I'm very very proud of that and now we're so excited to have our first redhead Nadia Sayers that we just crowned uh in December um then also we had huge news this year for 2021 super exciting uh returning to my home state where I grew up uh in the state that I represented as well during my pageant days because I'm a former pageant girl as well uh Miss Indiana USA and Miss Indiana Teen USA um, we, my team is the new directors for that as well, and we are producing the show, which makes us the first and only production team in the pageant arena that will send a delegate to Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss Teen USA every year. Wow. Okay, so that's setting the bar pretty high. Can you tell us, I mean, you mentioned that you obviously have pageant experience yourself, and we'll get to that, but in mm-hmm. terms of directorship how did you get into directorship well you know I had my career really started from pageantry Um, I'm a small town girl from a little farm in Indiana and I started as a teen and it really changed my life it launched my career I ended up having a fantastic a a really amazing career in uh, fashion and entertainment I lived in New York I lived in uh, you know China I worked in Greece I worked in Um, you know, lived in LA. I mean, it was amazing. It totally opened up uh, a whole world for me. Um, But, you know, over so many years of doing that, I mean, about a decade, I was like, okay, you know, I'm ready to have more control and more creativity. And um, I'm a very creative person. I wanted more of an outlet. And um, I also saw a lot of things that I wanted, uh, I wanted to see changed in the industry. And I felt that after being on one side of the camera, I really felt that I could, um, you know, bring a new aspect to the industry. And so I started working on different projects while I was living in LA, just trying to get the experience of working behind the camera and coming up with creative concepts and just 
going out there and, you know, trying it, um, just anything I could, could come up with. And, um, then I ended up moving to Ireland and, um, while I was in Ireland, I ended up taking some courses in film production and fashion design and just exploring, you know, where exactly I wanted to go on the production side. And it just really felt right to me. Um, the, being a director and um, really having that overall influence. And I just, because there's so many things that I am interested in, it's hard for mm. me to pick just one. So um, being a director and for Miss Universe, it really just, um, it allows me to use all of those skills and to, to be able to, uh, you know, go in different areas that I'm, that I'm interested in. And when I moved to Ireland, um, also there was no Miss Universe Ireland. I could not believe it. No Miss Universe Ireland. And so, oh, wow. Yeah, no Miss Universe Ireland. I, I just couldn't believe it. So um, I ended up contacting the organization and because I have a, you know, a relationship with them when I was a representative as Miss Indiana USA, uh, I, I ended up applying. It was a long process and I ended up getting it. So that's how, where we are today. <laughs> And how did you end up traveling to Ireland? What was it? Did you say was it for study, or was do you have a particular connection to Ireland? I fell in love, <laughs> so I followed my heart. Okay, that that's fair enough. <laughs> that was the first um, time I moved for love and not work. So, um, but then work kept me there, so it was it was fantastic. <laughs> what what would you say is the thing that sets Ireland apart in terms of its people. I know um, the Miss Universe Island girls, a lot of them talked about how much they loved Ireland and why. For yourself being more of an outsider, although obviously you've lived there now, what is it about the Irish people that you think you'd most want to tell people outside of Ireland? Well, I know it does sound so cliche because anyone who's lived in Ireland or is Irish will say this, but it's definitely the people, how warm and friendly the people are. It's, it's just a country that has so much culture and the history and the richness of that culture, it is just fascinating. And so living there and spending, you know, five years there learning about their history and the people and what they've been through, what they fought through. And uh, it's, it's really been so rewarding. And when do you plan to next pay Island a visit? Oh my gosh, that is such a difficult question since this pandemic has been going on. I cannot believe it's been this long since I've been there. Um, I haven't been to my apartment in Ireland in a year almost. Yeah. So oh. I was there literally right before uh, the borders were closed in the United States for the pandemic. I just made it in. Um, and I've been wanting to go over there. It's just now with the launch of Miss Indiana USA, Miss Indiana Teen USA, I also need to be in the United States as well. So um, it's it's been a difficult decision, but thank God we have this amazing technology that we can host virtual competitions now. And this year has most definitely challenged us to uh, be innovative and find new ways to work. And, you know, we live in a very, you know, technological modern world now, and there's all different ways that we can work around this. And I think that's what most people are finding. I mean, you mentioned the technology and I think you guys as in Miss Universe Island did an absolutely amazing job of 
not just holding the pageant because that's one thing, but actually giving the girls an experience that they still enjoyed, even though it's very different to an in-person pageant. Yeah. But they really, really enjoyed it. How much planning, just to get on to you, how much planning or learning was it for you to offer the girls, to create that experience for the girls? I mean, you've obviously done it in person before. How much of a challenge was it for you to try and give them something approximating that online when you weren't even in the country? Every day was a challenge. And every single day, the show and the experience was changing because, uh, you know, I mean, the girls... I want, it, it means so much to me to give them a great experience. I want everyone that comes through this competition to get something out of it and to gain something out of it, to learn more about themselves, to become better, and to learn uh, you know, life skills that they can apply for success in any area of their life, personally and professionally. And so um, you know, for a long time, we wanted to have a live show. We planned on having a live yeah. show. We kept pushing it back, kept pushing it back, and um, you know, we, we looked at different options and a lot of countries, a lot of different countries around the world were either appointing a winner or just yeah. crowning the first runner out from the year before. And mm. we really just wanted to give the Irish girls an opportunity, even if it didn't look conventional, if it, even though it just didn't look the same, there's still so many things that could be gained from this experience. And so, you know, that's what Moxie stands for, you know, strength of character and determination, a courageous spirit and a humble heart. And so that is what we are all about. And we stepped up to the challenge. And so we said, you know what, we're going to figure this out. And, you know, we were totally upfront with the contestants. We were like, we just have to roll with the punches. We have no idea what to expect this year. We're going yeah. to continue trying to push forward with as much as we can. And we came up with so many different concepts. I think I planned that show yeah. out at least 20 times and it just kept changing um and you know every day i would try to come up with new assignments and stuff to keep them busy they have been in lockdown since october on lockdown they're still in lockdown and right now it's just been extended to march 5th so we were not able to even get the girls in front of a cameraman i wasn't even able to send a videographer to meet them in person and it was very challenging um, you know, and what was so frustrating is that we, we made the competition smaller this year. We only took 12 girls, yeah. typically we take 30. Um, so we made it smaller, only 12. And we really thought that we were going to be able to work around the restrictions and have a show uh, with the 12 girls. Right after we made the announcement for the top 12 finalists, literally four days later, they went into lockdown and they've been in lockdown ever since. So it's it was challenging but you know like i said we worked through it we came up with some really great assignments for them that really challenged mm. them to you know for self-development and it was a lot of fun absolutely do you think i mean assuming that the next miss universe island will, will be held in person and that's an assumption at the moment because who knows what's happening but fingers crossed it's in person um is there anything that you would take from the online pageant this year and transfer that to the next in-person pageant? Oh, absolutely. There were so many things that the girls, you know, I, I asked for their feedback, what they enjoyed, what they'd like to see different and everything. And I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm assuming that's you a know, dog. This is what we get when we work from home, my dog barking and people go, no, sorry. Um, so... Yes, there's a lot of different uh, concepts that we developed this year that we want to utilize for years and, and so on. 
with it. We asked for feedback with the girls, what they enjoyed. And a lot of the assignments, um, they were really focused on self-development and, um, you know, to learn more about themselves. And a those assignments, I think, um, you know, I'd really like to utilize those for years to come. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, if I take you back um, a few minutes, you said that when you first entered, um, when you first picked up a directorship, there were some things that you wanted to change, some aspects you wanted to change. I wanted to interview you because from an outside perspective, looking in, although I worked with the girls quite closely, I it's rare for me, and this is, it's rare for me to see a director who is so on task all the time. The girls knows, know exactly what's happening. The girls know why they're doing things. They know what's expected of them. And they have someone who's both a cheerleader, but also holding them accountable, wanting the best from them. And I got to say that was... That's unusual. That's, this is why I, I don't interview many directors. But what were some of the things that you wanted to, what were some of the aspects you wanted to change in pageantry? Oh, my goodness. Well, I really, you know, it's, I didn't want the, the whole, there's so many misconceptions with pageantry. Uh, you know, and why the girls wear what they wear and the whole superficial aspect. And I really wanted to showcase the women and who they are, what they represent, what their passions are, and all of that uh, more so than the other side. I just think that there hasn't been enough um, of a showcase, you know, on that, um, you know, on that side. I'm sorry about the interruptions. <laughs> That's all good. good. Don't believe you know, I, when you do, when you work from home. Yeah, there, there's always there's always yeah. things going on. Why yeah. why do you think that side hasn't had that much exposure in pageantry? Let's say up until this point. I think it's very hard to showcase that in a two hour show. I honestly would like to see the format of pageants change entirely. And um, I think actually this pandemic is forcing pageant the pageants to figure out a new way to operate. And I think there's a lot of good that's actually going to come out of this. I'm very optimistic about it, you know, uh, about the yeah. future. Very so, nice. yeah, I mean, um, there's just so much that I wanted to showcase and change. And, yes, number one was was showcasing the ladies in an entirely different, entirely different light. Yeah, and absolutely you did that. And you managed to do that online, which is no small feat. Um, as, I, as, I, as I said to you, I wanted to interview you because as a director, you really stood out to me. Do you know, what do you think sets you apart as a director or what gives you that sort of added edge? Was it the fact that you competed previously? Is it something more personal to you in terms of you really want the best experience for the girls? What drives you to, because you could have done it a lot more easily, right? You could have phoned it in and not put in half the mm -hmm. effort. Why did you go to that extra effort? And I can only imagine how much time it took to give the girls the best experience possible. Well, like I said, I'm very passionate about this. It really changed my life. It helped me, you know, develop skills that, um, you know, allowed me to have a career and to, um, you know, learn more about myself as a person and better myself. And my whole team is really passionate about that. Uh, you know, Jay Scott, actually, he is our show producer. He helps um, a lot with the technical side of, of the mm. production um, every year he does. And uh, he's just phenomenal. And he was actually my mentor and my pageant coach when I was a young girl. And so I've kind of grown up with this amazing mentor slash best friend and, uh, you know, now running these 
this business together. It's, it's amazing. It really is a, an absolute dream come true. And I'm so grateful for it. And I just want to share that. Of... To, I just want to share that, you know, with other girls and that, um, that opportunity with other, you know, young women that are looking to, uh, you know, launch their career and better themselves. And this, this is the perfect way to do it is to participate in the pageant. With your team members, what what values or what aspects when you're picking someone to work with because there's only so much you can do by yourself what are the most important aspects to you in a team member in a team member the most important we need someone who really believes in the brand and the brand values and that really is that's what moxie embodies is you know uh, strong confident women leaders uh women that have a courageous heart who are dedicated to, uh, you know, personal development and being their best selves and lifting other women up to do the same as mm. well. I really believe that this is a sisterhood. Yes, this is a competition, but, um, you know, another girl's success does not take away from your own. And so we really should be supporting each other and lifting each other up. I believe that that's why women have been held back for so long is because that whole mentality of that jealous mentality. And, uh, you know, I really mm. like to shatter that. And I always, when I talk to my girls, I'm always, uh, you know, really emphasizing we need to support each other. Yes, one girl will, will you know, win the opportunity to go to Miss Universe, but all of you represent Ireland. All of you have titles that you represent and you should be so proud of making it that far and representing your county. So do it with pride. I want to ask you about Moxie. You've mentioned it twice. I, I've seen the, the hashtags after a lot of the posts with Moxie and I believe it's Moxie Mindset. So can you tell me a little bit more about Moxie, what it stands for and how it came about? So Moxie, uh, the definition of Moxie is a courageous spirit and strength and determination. And it's something that I identify with so much in my life. Um, I had to overcome a lot of adversity as a, as a kid. And so, um, you know, really had to pull myself up by the bootstraps. I was on my own basically at 16. And, um, you know, so I had to really pull in a lot of inner strength at a very young age. And um, it was, it's an, kind of an old fashioned word that you don't really hear used, but it's something, it's a word that my grandfather, who was someone I was actually very close with, um, he would use it and he would use it to describe me. And so um, in about 2004, 15, I kind of heard this word. I, I hadn't heard the word used in so long. And then I, I heard it used. Um, I, I forget where or how. And and I was just like, what is that? I love that word. What is that? I, I, I love that. And so I really looked it up. And then I, um, I was talking to an uncle of mine. And he said that, um, he said, you know, your grandfather used to say that that is, that's, that word describes you, that you have moxie when you were really young. And I was like, what? Okay. I think there's something here. And it really just stuck with me. And um, I just, I feel like that is who I am. I am someone who has moxie and I want to spread that message to other young women to empower them that um, it doesn't matter what obstacle comes your way. It doesn't matter what cards you're dealt in life, you, you how you step up and um, take control of your life, then you can achieve anything. Anything is possible. 
Cool. Can you hear me, Brittany? I can. Sorry, I dropped out for you a second. Out? Oh, no. Sorry. The I'm still here. Yeah. It's technical issues all over uh, the place. I think this time, this time it was my side, but you, you were talking about Moxie. Oh, no. Did it cut out on the whole thing? Oh, no, no. Just the last five or 10 seconds or so. I missed out on the last five or 10 seconds. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just sum it up. You know, I mean, Moxie is, it really just is a, I identify with it so much. It, you know, it means a leader. It means someone with a courageous, a brave heart, someone who doesn't give up ever. And I want to continue to spread that message to other young women, uh, you know, to feel empowered and to pursue their dreams. No dream is too big uh, or out of reach. If you work hard enough and with enough determination and self-belief, you can achieve anything. Can we just talk about women's empowerment for a yes. second? Because I get the feeling it's something that's hugely important to you. Absolutely. In terms of, I mean, you've worked with by now, I don't know how many young women. Are there any sort of core issues that you see amongst the women that you work with that you feel are holding them back? That are holding them back? Yeah. Uh, core issues for women holding them back, number one, is confidence, number one. I mean, that's always, you know, that's key. I think everyone yeah. struggles with that, male and female. You know, we all struggle with that from time to time. And, um, you know, I haven't worked with the indie, I haven't worked with new contestants in Indiana yet. I'm very excited to. Um, but I'd say the girls in Ireland, that was number one, um, was confidence and being comfortable, um, being open and, um, being their true selves. I think that a lot of people, we, you know, we, we put on a mask and, and we go on about our day and we show the world, the person that, you know, we, we want to be, but, um, a lot of us live in fear of being our true authentic selves. And so, um, that I think that is what we encounter the most. And when I'm working with the girls, when I'm coaching them, everything that we do um, is to get to their core self. You know, how can we bring out their unique qualities that make them who they are, that make them truly beautiful, not on the outside, but from the inside and um, to celebrate that authenticity and to celebrate what makes them so unique. How do you help the girls that you work with? And I, I take your point that confidence is not just a female-centric issue. It's certainly an issue that everyone struggles with, I think, in different ways. When you're working with someone who has low confidence, or maybe their confidence isn't as high as it, it could be, how do you help them find that confidence? Is, is it through discovering who they are? Because I find very often if I ask a girl who they think they are, they actually don't really know. Mm -hmm. How do you help a girl find out and discover who she is before she can go and show it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, that's part of the assignments that a lot of the assignments we came up this year were highly focused on that. And so, yeah. like I said, those are the things I definitely want to continue doing and further focus on the self-development aspect that comes through pageantry. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's different, there's different ways to do it, but um, really challenging them and forcing them to get out of their comfort zone. I always um, like to start with movement. You know, you get your body moving mm. and um, loosen them up and breath work. And that can really relax someone, uh, you know, and to, you know, get more to their their true self in, in that way. Mm. And so um, 
it's really about, you know, finding their true, yeah, finding their authenticity, what makes them unique, what sets them apart. Um, and, um, you know, celebrating, celebrating that and, uh, yeah, ce celebrating that really, uh, and flipping the script on the negative thoughts because we're all guilty of it. And mm -hmm. as soon as you can flip the script on those negative thoughts, I always say, if you have a negative thought, you should replace that negative thought with two positive ones. And if you're someone right. who has a lot of negative thoughts, you need to, you need to times that by 10. Just, you know, and visualization. Visualization is so important as well. Here's, here's an interesting question. You've worked with the Irish girls a lot, obviously. You're from America yourself. I've kind of had this theory that at least in Australia and the UK and Ireland, a lot of our culture is about not, it's about being the underdog and not talking about yourself a lot. So, for example, in Australia, we have tall poppy syndrome. That means if you get taller than the other poppies, we've got to cut you down. I know in Ireland and the UK, the UK girls, okay, for example, they always say sorry. If someone bumps a trolley into them, they say sorry. Whereas Ireland. I've always seen that the, yeah, and, but I've always seen that the American girls tend to be much more comfortable talking about themselves and being proud about the things they've done. You talk about celebrating. I think there's maybe a core issue with the Aussies, with the UK girls and the Irish girls versus the American girls. Have you noticed anything similar to that, like a cultural sort of American celebrate and us Brits and Aussies have to sort of, well, we don't <laughs> want to talk about it too much? Well, you know, absolutely. I think when you're looking at America as a whole, that's definitely, uh, you know, it, the general um, feel. Yes. Yeah. I think there's pockets of America that's not like that. And Indiana is one of them. Indiana actually reminds me a lot of Ireland, a lot. Uh, because if you do toot your own horn too much, people will tear you down. They will tear you right down. It, it really, that's the way the environment that I had grown up in. It's, it's very much like that. It reminded me of Ireland so much. So when I got to Ireland, um, I was surprised. I didn't realize like the culture was so much that way, but it really is. And that was, that's definitely why I said that was the, that's the biggest challenge is that confidence. And yeah, culturally in Ireland, it is a lot harder to get the girls to feel comfortable with um, just letting themselves be free and authentic to them themselves, you know? Uh, they're they're fearful yeah that they'll, they'll be judged too much yeah. or embarrassed yeah. or you know bullied and you know attacked that they have too big of a head and so um there is definitely a culture aspect to that but once the girls have gone through the program i mean we've had just excellent feedback they're so happy about it and so many of our girls have gone on to do incredible things i mean granny galana when i first started working with her our 2018 queen Oh my goodness, she would break out in like hives. She was so nervous. And we had to really work with her a lot, but she broke those nerves, made, you know, made top 15 at Miss Universe. And then she was on Dancing with the Stars, made it to finals at Dancing with the Stars. And now she's, you know, she was the first Irish model to walk in Miami Swim Week. And she just launched this incredible career. And so I think that. 
we really have to, it's, it's so important to be confident with yourself. Mm. There's a balance, you know, of course you don't want to be arrogant. It's a, it's, there's a humbleness yeah. to it, but uh, it's so important to be confident in yourself and to love yourself and to believe in your own abilities. When you were working with Grania, was there, was it a gradual process and you sort of saw her confidence building over time? Or was there a moment when something just hit and that was like threshold and then suddenly she became a different person? With Grania specifically, it was definitely an evolution over time. Her nerves were her bit, her, she says this, you know, and we've had, we had her come mm. and talk to the girls, uh, the contestants this year specifically about that because it is always, it really is the biggest obstacle um, that contestants yeah. have. And so we had her come back and, you know, speak to the girls about what it was like to fight through those nerves. And, um, you know, she, so she'll, you know, she'll say it too. It was definitely an evolution for her and just really continuing to show up and to work. And, you know, there's different, everyone is different and you have to find what works for you. She had um, a specific playlist of music where she would dance and she would sing before she had to go on stage and that would really get her in the right mindset so she could go out there and be her best self. And so you have to find, you know, the little things that work for you that'll keep you grounded and keep you centered before you perform. Absolutely. And the music is, is a huge one because all the girls... Or the ones that I've worked with have their go-to song or multiple go-to songs. So having that playlist that can sort of pump you up uh, definitely I think is underrated as a tip. Um, but Brittany, can you tell me a little bit more about Indiana? Because I know nothing about Indiana specifically. I've never been there. I've been to the States, but not to Indiana. Can you tell us more about your home, your home state? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Indiana. Uh, Indiana. It's a great place. It has... Um, I mean, it's known for, uh, there's more than corn in Indiana. That's the, the <laughs> there's a lot of cornfields and cows and farmland. And, uh, you know, it's like farmers of America, but we also are, you know, Indiana is also known for sports and, um, you know, basketball, there's the Hoosiers and the Pacers and, um, you know, there's all these amazing football teams, Indianapolis Colts. We, uh, you know, we've got amazing, amazing basketball teams and, um, you know, college teams that always end up doing very well. Butler, um, you know, Indiana University always does well. We have uh, the MotoGP racing. We've got the Indianapolis 500. We've got the Brickyard. There's so many great things about Indiana. And um, I'd say similar to Ireland, the best thing about uh, Indiana is the people and the the values uh, of the people in Indiana. It, we like to call ourselves the most Southern Northern state. <laughs> so we have that Southern charm. We're just a mm -hmm. little further North than the Southern states. <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? That, that Southern, that Southern charm, that Southern sort of, what would you call it? The hospitality. Where does that come from? Yeah, I think, you know, Indiana, there's a lot of farmers. There's a lot of people that have, um, you know, there's just a lot of, um, you know, local businesses. There's a lot of, of that and that community. And there's that real community uh, aspect to it. A lot of small towns. I mean, 
um, the town that most of my, like the, my main, my family was in Markleville, uh, 368 people. It's very small. It's a very small <laughs> community. Yeah. Wow. Very small community. So, you know, you have to look out for your neighbor, take care of, of your neighbor and something that I've noticed, I mean, I have traveled and I've lived all over the world and something I've noticed that is very unique to, um, you know, my friends and from Indiana, you know, specifically, or that area of America, um, whenever you go out with your friends and you're leaving and saying goodbye, you always yeah. say, let me know when you make it home. Let me know when you make it home. Always. Um, because you just, you always want to look out for them. You always want to know, Hey, I made it home safe. That's, that's it. And I really, I've lived all over the world and, um, I, I just haven't had anyone do that anywhere else. I was just in Indiana last week and I was visiting a friend and we left, we were saying our goodbyes and she said, okay, let me know when you, when you get back, uh, when you make it back. And I was like, Oh, Lindsay, thank you so much for saying that. I, it makes me smile when I hear that because, um, you, I just, I don't hear that other places. I don't hear that in Florida when I'm hanging out with a friend here. I don't hear that, um, you know, when I lived in LA or New York, you yeah. know, like, let me know when you make it home. It's just one of those things you look out for each other and you have each other's back. When you were saying 368, I was anticipating there was going to be a thousand after that, as in 368,000. I didn't realize it was 368 people. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, I understand what you mean. Mechanicsburg is even smaller. Mechanicsburg is right next to Markleville. It's literally just one dirt road. <laughs> well, it might be paved now. I don't know. I haven't driven on it in years, but we'll see when I get back to Indiana. I got to say, I mean, it, sound, it sounds very small townish, but in a way that sounds very appealing to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of the big city. I mean, you, you mentioned LA, New York. I've been to both those places. I actually enjoy New York a lot more than I thought I would. But I, I'm attracted to the idea of getting away from it all and just having some peace and quiet and some good old fashioned hospitality. This, I think this pandemic has changed a lot of things for people. And, you know, I always dreamt of living in the big city and, you know, living a fast paced life and, you know, having that high rise and living in New mm -hmm. York and traveling the world. And I did, and I did it all. And I, I love it. And I, you know, I, when, when things open up again, I will definitely be traveling again, but, um, you know, there, there is absolutely something so special about, um, you know, going back and being from a small town and getting connected to your roots. And, mm. um, you know, I was back last week, I have a goddaughter and, um, her mother was my best friend growing up. We've been best friends since we were 13 and we've seen each other through all of our stages of life. And so, uh, you know, going back and getting connected with them again and, you know, being able to connect with them again, it was just, it was so nice. It was so special. And, um, it, yeah, they're family. And when you grow, when you yeah. have, uh, when you have that small community, it really is like a family. When you're on the road and traveling during more normal times, is there, is there any aspect that you miss about being back in Indiana? Is there like one or two things that the would make, really make it feel like home? The people? I mean, the people, the people, definitely, of course, the people. I also love Indiana in the fall. In the fall, when all the leaves turn, it is so beautiful. And you go out to the country and 
you know, you see all the horses and the barns and the, you know, the, the trees that just made all these different beautiful oranges and reds and beautiful, beautiful colors just in fields. And you just see it, it just mm. never ends, never ends. And the sunsets during that time, it's, it's incredible. Also the Indianapolis 500, of course, I can't like not mention the Indianapolis 500. It's the month of May. It's the best time to be in Indiana, the best. Right. Okay. I mean, you're making this sound very, very appealing. So I think tourism in Indiana is about to you yes. know, take an, up, an uptick. Yes. Um, Brittany, I normally start interviews with this, but um, I'll ask you now, in terms of pageant history, how did you get involved in pageantry, the crazy world of pageantry to begin with? Oh, my goodness. How did I get into the crazy world of pageantry? Well, I always knew I wanted to go into modeling. I also knew I wanted to be involved with charity and give back. That's always been very, very important, uh, very important to me. And I knew I wanted to travel and, you know, live in New York and I wanted to, you know, get into acting. And I had so many of those interests and, um, I ended up signing with a modeling agency at 16, moved to New York, um, was living there in a model apartment had my butt handed to me. It did not go well. It was during a time when the industry was very heroin chic, which is very, very oh, right. thin, very, you know, basically Kate skeleton. Moss. And yeah. yeah, and and I am naturally thin, but it was just, I could never be thin enough um, when I was at that time. And so I ended up being sent back home and, you know, I was homeschooling at the time, um, virtually actually, which was one of the earliest programs to be done virtually wow. back then. This is all the way in 2003. <laughs> so, um, yes, a long time ago. <laughs> um, but I, when I came home, I just felt so defeated and I, but I was like, I have to do this. I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to make a different life for myself. I'm going to make a new life for myself. And, um, I got something in the mail and this from a pageant. And I was like, oh, huh, wait a minute. If you win Miss Teen USA, you get an apartment in New York City and you mm -hmm. get act, you get school paid for and you get acting school paid for and you get these modeling opportunities and you're on a salary. And, you know, and so I said, well, oh, my goodness. And you work with charities and it just, it had everything. It crossed off all the boxes. So I said, oh my goodness, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for it. Um, it wasn't the Miss Teen USA competition that I had, that I had entered at that time. I entered a different competition. It was called Pageant Crown. Um, at the time, it was actually Jay Scott, who is now my business partner. It was actually his. Um, and so I ended up competing in, in his competition and won one teen Indiana for that system and then ended up competing nationally. I won the national pageant, um, America's Southern Teen at the time. And with that came the title of Teen Model of the USA. It's a little confusing. There's a lot of titles. Um, <laughs> teen Model of the USA. And then with that national title, I represented the United States at Teen Model of the World. This was 2004, so I was 17 at the time. I, it was the first time I traveled out of the country. I had never been on a plane. I had never wow. been 
in a taxi or a train or seen anything. I mean, mind you, I was from a very small little farm town, yeah. you know, hadn't yeah. had any experience like this. And all of a sudden, within just a few months, my entire life changed very quickly. Yeah. And I was, yeah, represented the United States at top model of the world in Germany at 17. And I finished in second place in the world competition. And um, that's when, yeah, my life changed forever. I understand now why um, your grandfather said Moxie applies to you, because I mean, <laughs> just just to think that you're coming from a small town and had the Moxie to go to New York at the age of sixteen, and then to, as you said, you you, you felt defeated, but then to pick yourself back up, and then to find yourself in Germany at that age. I mean, yeah, were those scary times? Were they exciting times? Was it a bit of both? Oh my gosh, I had like. I just, I had so much tenacity. I just was like, I don't care. I'm going for it. I was fearless. I was completely fearless. I mean, probably a bit reckless at times because I was so young and just on my own, but you know, I mean, yeah. what else was I going to do? You know, I, I actually yeah. didn't. Yeah, I, I was, I just, I had to go for it. And um, if anyone reads more about my story, you know, online, some of the interviews and stuff I've done, I had a lot of adversity that I had to um, overcome. And so I just didn't really have a strong support system um, for all of that. I really had to hustle and work for every single um, part of competing. I mean, I held mm. a car wash. I went door to door to, um, you know, ask for donations. I sold candy bars. I did absolutely everything that I could to raise funding for the ability to have that opportunity. And um, I, and then the dress that I wore, I bought from a thrift shop that was, it was a used yeah. like wedding dress, but it was yeah. kind of modern. And I sewed rhinestones on the top of it. And that was what I won in. It wasn't a crazy expensive dress. It was like, it was like a hundred dollars dress that was, you know, from a thrift shop. And so you don't have to spend a lot of money. It's not about the dress. It's about the woman in the dress. It's about the girl in the dress. And so um, I knew what I wanted. I set those goals and I worked extremely hard on them um, until I until I achieved them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like you worked so hard that even if you had fears, they wouldn't have had time to come up because Not you focused all. on doing what you had to do to make it happen and you didn't sort of sit at home working yourself up into a state where you basically paralyze yourself. It, the, the work ethic, I just want to pick that up because you talked about stereotypes and pageantry. And one of the giant ones is that there's no hard work. You just get a crown place on your head. You're now going to become rich and famous and you know, you're forever done. Can you just speak to that a bit? Because I think that's really important, the work that goes into the crown. Absolutely. I mean, this is a job. It really is. Being a representative, being a title holder, it is absolutely a job and you get what you put in. So you get out of it what you put into it. And, um, you know, so, I mean, there is so much, there's a lot of responsibility. You're representing a brand, you're representing yourself, you're representing a community. And so, um, you know, you have to, there's so many things that you have to think about and with those responsibilities and they're pretty heavy responsibilities. You have to always be on it. You never know. You have to yeah. always be prepared for anything that you could be asked and yeah. uh, at any given moment or, you know, a, a job or an opportunity comes up in, um, you know, in an hour, you have to be ready. You have to go. you gotta, yeah. you got to go. Otherwise, you're going to miss that opportunity. So you have to take yeah. those opportunities as, as they come and, um, 
you know, that those experiences also taught me so much about goal setting and how to achieve those goals. And, um, and that's, yeah, that's why I'm in it now and why I want to continue sharing what I learned through those experiences. Well, it's no wonder that your girls had such an amazing time. And I felt that you were so honored because you've lived that life. It's obviously not just something that you're talking about. You've lived it yourself. Um, I have to ask you this as a director. So in your title holders, in your Queens, what are the things, two-pronged question, what are the things that you most look for in someone who's going to represent your brand and their country? And what are the sort of the pet peeves? So, so the two questions, what do you look for? And what, because I'm sure everyone's got pet peeves. Yes. What are the pet peeves when it comes to title holders or passion competitors in general? Mm, I'm going to start with the negatives because I like to always end on, pos end on positive. Okay. So, um, pet peeves, I would say, is, uh, you know, people who don't put in the work, um, who don't take it, um, yeah, who, who don't show up. You know, I think, um, you know, our team, we are all very passionate about this. We put so much work into this. And there's a lot of people that uh, are part of our team also that volunteer their time. I mean, a lot of us, mm. yeah, we volunteer our time to these girls. We all make a lot of personal sacrifices to create these opportunities to help uplift these women. So I would say definitely, uh, you know, girls that really just, don't take it seriously. They don't show up and it, mm. yeah, it, that's, that's really disappointing, but it's a disservice more so to them, you know, rather than, than us. Yes. Uh, it's a real disservice to their themselves, you know, because this is, a, it, it is truly a life-changing opportunity if you mm. really put yourself out there in that way. And um, so, yeah, I, I would say that I think being on time is impair is very important as well being on time so um and when i say on time i don't i i mean being on time is technically late you should always be 10 minutes early to everything so and ready camera ready <laughs> so yeah. then i would say what are we looking for most in a girl well we're looking for a girl that has moxie of course we're looking for a girl that is a leader. We're looking for a girl that is confident in her voice and what she has to say, who is passionate about social causes, who is passionate about her goals, and um, who has a much bigger idea that surpasses the crown. Because it is, yeah. it's not just that year as a title holder. It's, you know, what do you want to do with that year? But what do you want to do after that year as well? So we are looking for someone who truly wants to use this opportunity to, you know, give back to the community, to, uh, you know, develop herself, be proud of representing her country or her state. And, um, you know, who is going to truly utilize this as a launch pad to propel her on the next level for her career. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of what all of our girls that have, uh, you know, won the title that we've managed are doing now. It's, it's amazing. I'm so proud of them. You know, Fanula O'Reilly, she is the new correspondent for Mission Unstoppable on CBS mm -hmm. on Saturday mornings. It's uh, a national show in the United States with Miranda Cosgrove. She was on iCarly. Um, yeah. You know, proud of obviously Grania, who was on Dancing with the Stars, Miami Swim Week, uh, Colleen on Unita Lean. She's just starting, um, you know, a, a coaching system in Ireland I as well, that. which is pretty awesome. Yep. She's the first standalone coach. 
So I'm really excited for girls to get that opportunity with her and then come to us as well, you know, so they're even more prepared. We just want to keep pushing them to be their absolute best selves. And so I think that's going to be great for Colleen as well. Um, Nadia, we have so many great things that we've got in the works for her too. I'm very, very excited. I wish I could announce the one thing we're working on with her, but not yet. Very Very soon. But, uh, you know, she's passionate with with mental health and it's Mm. so important right now with this pandemic. Everyone, I think, is, um, you know, at some point this year or whatnot, you know, we have to be mindful of our mental health and take care of ourselves. And what Nadia does is it really is so fascinating to me, uh, you know, the charity that she works for and how. You know, she specifically teaches children how to manage their emotions through uh, superheroes, which I think is just the yeah. coolest concept. Um, yeah, so I'm very, very proud about what all of our girls are are doing. Also, I have to say our Miss Indiana USA girl, she also launched a podcast called Empower Her. Uh, and so you can follow her as well. She interviews women that are breaking stereo, social stereotypes. So I'm just so proud of all of the girls and what they're doing. That's what we look for. That's what we look for. Well, that's amazing. Sorry, that very long. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, it, it, you expounded on it, but I mean, we, we get the core of it. I think at the end of it, it's not complicated. It's, it is super important though. Um, I just want to ask you about girls finding their voice and in this day it's it's kind of struck me that it's it's very very hostile at times there's people on one side and they're fighting the people on the other side and they're just going at it they're not having a reasonable conversation they're just hating on each other Mm -hmm. and we've seen unfortunately some violence and death around that this year if there's a girl who wants to say something but she's worried that she's going to be attacked on social media, if not in person. And I've had that experience where if you're kind of the person in the middle, the reasonable person, you kind of get attacked by both sides. Mm-hmm. Or if you actually agree with one side or the other or your opinion is a bit controversial, they're very afraid to say it because they believe that as a pageant queen, they mustn't court controversy. But I found that they can't say anything. Do you have any advice for girls struggling with that? This is a great question, and I think that this is an ongoing conversation. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer for this. Uh, You know, and and also, even if you don't say anything, some of those girls are even attacked as well, if you don't even say as uh, at all. Um, I think that it is, it's so, with that, it is so important to have a strong sense of self and to know that your voice matters. Everyone is going to have a different opinion and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone is going Mm. to agree with you. And we have to learn to respect that people have their own beliefs, have their own opinions. And, um, you know, we're, we're all, we're all different. And so, um, but you have to be confident in your own voice. And if you feel compelled to speak out about something, then I think you should, Um, there's Mm. a way to do it where there is an art to communication. And when I coach my girls, you know, I say there's a way to do it where you can, um, you know, not offend people that have differing views. And if you get, Mm. if you really develop your communication skills, there is a way, uh, you know, to communicate a different idea than what someone's opinion may be. And maybe they don't agree with you, but they will respect you. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's super important because Mm -hmm. a lot of young girls, young women look up to pageant queens to be an example. 
And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people need guidance at the moment and some of these sort of more controversial issues in terms of racism, sexism, um, gay rights, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. They, they're looking to the, to the Queens to set an example. So they can't say nothing because, as you said, saying nothing in, is in itself mm -hmm. an example or lack thereof. But sometimes I can understand it's very difficult to say something because there's that danger of being attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it is it is fearful. But um, you know, when it comes to being, when it comes to being attacked online, I mean, we we have to report that. You can block them. There's steps and measures yeah. that you can take. I think that there definitely needs to be more enforcement with online bullying. Um, but mm -hmm. thankfully, most social media apps do have um, steps to take for that. And so I think it's important to if you are starting to be attacked, you know, do not engage with that. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not really going to go anywhere and it's best to just shut it off and shut it down, you know, express yeah. your opinion. And then that's, that's all you can do. And it, you know what, it is water off a duck's back because you cannot please everyone. Not everyone is going to agree with you all the time. It's just the way it is. <laughs> but is that if some... you really express, if you, if you can really express your opinions, you never know. Uh, you know, you may, someone may have a change of heart. So, um, mm. you know, speak, use your voice. You have it for a reason. Has, I'm imagining you've been criticized in the past. I mean, you're human, yes, we all have, and people have said some hateful <laughs> things. Um, has it always been, you said water off a duck's back. Has that always been the case for you where you've had criticism and it's just like, I'm moving on or <laughs> no, younger, earlier day? So how did definitely. you develop how did you develop the water off the duck's back without becoming completely closed off to everyone? Well, you know, I mean, I am human. It is an ongoing challenge. I still have to check myself. Yeah. I still have to check in with myself. You know, when something is hurtful that is said to me, I still have to check in with myself and say, you know what? That is their opinion. Their opinion does not define reality. That is not you know, that does just because that's their opinion, it doesn't mean that's the truth. Um, you know, so uh, in reminding myself of my worth, and that is something I think that is so important for all of us to learn how to do. Um, like I said, I went, I, I know I've mentioned it a few times now, I went through a lot of adversity as a kid. Part of it was extreme bullying um, when I was mm. in public school before I started um, homeschooling. And I, you know, I had to learn how to uh, give myself pep talks. One of the biggest things that I've learned is um, you have to connect to your inner child. And if you can learn how to parent your inner child, you know, um, this is a little like therapy. That's a little, you know, I mean, that's more on the therapy realm, but it works. Yeah. It's true. If you can connect to your inner child and you can learn how to um, parent your inner child and talk to them in a loving and caring way and, yeah. you know, um, talk to yourself like someone you love, you know, that's, that's <laughs> the best advice. And just remind yourself, you know, you are worthy. You are, you know, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of respect and um, you are worthy of achieving all of your dreams. And you can with hard work and self-belief and determination and knowing that that, that goal, just because you may not have it yet, it is coming mm. and truly believing that and working towards that, um, you know, and, I always say, use the haters as fuel. I love to prove a hater wrong. The best revenge uh, is success, you know? So if, if those, 
yeah, you know, the best revenge is success. So um, I think that we can turn our, our defeats, we can turn our, our uh, you know, our failures into lessons and the greatest lessons and applying that to our lives to achieve that success. Brittany, do you have any sort of daily rituals or daily practices to help with the self-worth? Is it affirmations? Absolutely. Is it visualizations? I'm imagining you don't just leave it up to happenstance. How do you get yourself ready for the day? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that. I think it's, like I said, I just think it's so important right now to, you know, do self-care. Everyone should be doing it right now with the world that we're living in and, you know, yeah. with everything with the pandemic and with the, all the negative news we're seeing every day. And, yeah. um, you know, so I think it's really important to take care of your mind, take care of your thoughts, your thoughts become your feelings, your feelings become your behavior, your behavior, you know, it, creates your world. And so, mm. um, every single day I wake up, I meditate, I use this app called shine, the shine app. I love it. Okay. It's, they have daily meditations. They have daily check-ins for gratitude. So I write my gratitude in there. Um, and they have journaling prompts for self, uh, you know, reflection and, um, and then they have like blogs and articles and you can even create goals if you want to focus on something like overcoming anxiety mm. or, uh, you know, overcoming or creating more self-resiliency and you can create these milestones, these goals through the app. And so I do that every single morning. And then at night, I, um, I, every single morning I do that. I try to do physical activity in the week, like tennis or yoga, yep. um, or dance. I haven't been doing dance lately, but it is something I want to get back into for 2021. Um, you know, I like to switch out different activities. It's important to keep your body physical, uh, you know, yeah. and moving. Um, and then, but at night, my daily ritual at, at night then is affirmations. So, um, you know, those playing, those affirmations and speaking down to myself. So it's still a, a, a type of meditation, but um, it's mm. more of self affirmations and, and positivity, Feed, feeding the soul, <laughs> I like to say. I love it because exactly as you said, I mean, there's a lot of negativity at the moment. And because so many of us have been locked inside, it's very easy yeah. to sort of let the negative negativity slip in. So that's why I wanted to ask you that question. It um, is. It is. It's very, very hard right now for a lot of people. And so yeah. everyone, anyone who's watching, go download app, go download that app. It really is. Yeah, amazing. I want to have a look. There's a lot of great apps out there. I like Calm as well. Um, mm. I love Aloe Yoga. They have a lot of great meditations and yoga and stuff that you can do at home as well. But I would say the Shine app really helped me, um, you know, just focus on gratitude, what I'm grateful for, um, mm. creating that positive intention in the morning and then, you know, falling asleep to, um, you know, my uh, self-worth and affirmations. So go download it, everybody. It's an amazing app. Sounds perfect to me. I'm going to download it as soon as we're done here. Uh, Brittany, speaking of, let's move towards the close just before we do the final 10 questions. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to give you a chance to do any shout outs. So any shout outs or thank yous to give to people who've supported you along your journey, pageant and otherwise. Oh my gosh, there are so many people. There's, I mean, how do I mention everyone? Well, I have to absolutely mention, um, you know, Stephen Patch. He 
he actually had the idea for us to acquire the rights to Miss Universe Ireland, which really started this whole journey for Moxie and our team. So I am just forever grateful for that opportunity that was created and, uh, you know, his belief in that. I'm so, so, so grateful for Jay Scott. Uh, Reed, who is our producer, who has been my mentor and absolute best friend, Whitney Green, she helps with the fashion and styling side of things, Vanessa Bartlett, she is our in-house photographer. Um, there are so many people, all of our sponsors in Ireland, um, you know, Dodgeum Cosmetics Products, Zero One, Makeup Forever, I mean, there are so many um, people, oh my goodness, I, <gasps> there's so many people, I know, there's so many people that I I'm not mentioning, but please, you all know who you are. I love you all so, so, so much. Thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart for your support, your belief in um, Moxie and what Moxie does for, for young women. Thank you. The shout out is difficult for most people, but I think for someone in the position such as yourself, it's probably bordering on impossible. So it, it, it that's why is. I asked. There are so many people through the years. I mean, so many, so many, but. Yes. <laughs> well, it's uh, as I say, it takes it takes a village. It takes a village. So, um, Brittany, really final ten questions. I finish every interview with these. It's not a speed round. Um, if you want to go through it as quickly as you want as you can, then by all means go for it. <laughs> so, final ten questions. Number one: What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Well, I can't say. Mo can I say Moxie? I mean, obviously. That's I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I, as soon as I asked the question, I, I, I was like, I bet it's going to be Moxie. So that makes sense. Question two, what is your least favorite word? Oh, my least favorite word would be, oh my gosh, this is hard. Um, beans, because I hate beans. I hate beans. So anything to do with beans. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like okay. refried beans, refried beans specifically. I like green beans, but not refried beans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, dear me, choking on myself here. Question three, in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Oh, my gosh. I, I know it sounds so cliche, but I really just love seeing – um, I love seeing women being becoming their best selves. I really love seeing that development and um, them achieving their dreams. I love that. Um, yeah, I I love that. I love um, I love sunshine. I love being outside in the warm weather. Yeah, those things um, get me really excited. Being on the water. Yeah, I'm living in Florida now. I love it so much. I'm I'm so happy here. And yeah, <laughs> I was going to say you don't get a lot of sunshine and warm weather in Ireland. No, it's not but known for that. It's a good balance, you know. I mean, I can't wait till the world opens up because it is a good yeah. balance. Because then when it gets too hot in Florida, you know, it's nice to be able to go to Ireland to <laughs> you know have an Irish cool summer off. rather. Because <laughs> yeah. the summers in Florida are oh my gosh, they are. It, insane the humidity and it's it's very very hot i've heard yeah i have a friend who lives in florida and even during the winter some of the temperatures are like oh that doesn't sound like a winter to me so i completely <laughs> understand so question three was what turns you on question four is what turns you off what turns me on um like romantically no what turns you off 
No, no, no. What, so oh. we've done oh. the what turns you on, what gets you excited. Oh. This okay. question is what turns you off? <laughs> Turn offs. Um, I would say rude people, big egos, um, people who are not grateful. Um, yeah, those, those things are, are big turnoffs. Not, um, yeah, I, I think that gratitude is so important and, yeah. and it's something we should all be practicing, I think daily. So, um, yeah, I, I think that people that, um, don't respect other people. Yeah. Our, our big turnoffs, you know? So, um, that's, that's tough. I mean, times right now with what the world is going through, angry people, you know, hateful people, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that we need to learn to respect each other and that we're all different. We all have different opinions. And so, um, you know, I mean, everyone has, has their own rights and, so respect that. Absolutely. Question five, what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Um, what sound or noise do I <laughs> love? But these are really tough questions. They're, they're fun, they're silly questions, but oh my gosh, they really put me on the spot. Um, yeah. Now you know what I put the girls through. I know, right? But like, this is usually, I know it's funny because usually I'm, yeah. And if I was, if I was on the other side, I would be like, you have to just have an answer. You have to just go. So now it's funny. <laughs> I'm in the hot seat. I'm in the hot seat now. Um, my favorite sound, um, I would say the, um, the dinging of the microwave. Cause I know I'm getting a real good snack. <laughs> That's not the first, I've done so many of these interviews, that's not the first time I've heard that. Oh, Something really? to do with food. Food comes up in every pageant interview. I, I normally ask people what their favourite food is. Pageant girls cannot talk about food. Like, they cannot not talk about food. How can you right. not? <laughs> I know. Um, question six, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, my gosh. What sound or noise do I hate? I hate, like, nails on a chalkboard, those screeching sounds, or when the TV is not fully turned off and you can hear that static. I can hear that. I know some people can't hear that, but I, I can always hear it if a TV is not turned off and it, I, I can hear it. It gives me a bit of a headache. Did you know that men lose their the upper range of hearing earlier on than women do? No, I did not know that. So I, I'll just do this because I was, I, I have very sensitive hearing. I, I'm a musician and I was sitting in front of the computer editing and I could hear a high pitched whine and I could actually see the sound wave on my video editing software. And I was asking my friend next to me, he's like, you can't hear that? Literally, he could not hear it. At a certain frequency, they, they stopped being able to hear. So I was getting a headache. He couldn't hear it at all. That's so insane. there's a good chance you can actually hear something that other people can't. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, that is insane. <laughs> let's go that. to question. Let's go to question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? To fly. I want to fly. I think that my spirit animal is probably a bird or something because um, 
yeah, I just, I would love to fly or to, you know, be able to teleport myself anywhere, any given time, you know, I love traveling. And so if I could just, yep. you know, snap my fingers and be there, that would be amazing. But the, yep. the experience of flying and seeing the world from a whole new view, a whole new point of view is amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll never forget what it was like to be on a plane for the first time when I was <laughs> on my way to New York at 16. And, um, you know, on that first flight and taking off and looking out the window and just seeing how everything was just so small below and then coming into New yeah. York City, New York City at sunset where all the lights were on and it was just my heart just stopped and I mm -hmm. felt so alive. And, um, yeah, I just I always felt that connection um, to New York since that moment, you know, um, coming in and just seeing yeah. the world from a whole new point of view, I felt like anything was possible. New York does that to you. I, I yeah, say that yeah. because I flew into New York at that time as well. And I come from Sydney, which is a fairly big city. But New York is is something else because everyone knows New York and you just yeah. watch it as you come. It's, it's something else entirely. Um, question eight, what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I always had thought about becoming a marine biologist. I love animals. Um, I love dolphins. I love dolphins. And I always wanted to, you know, swim with dolphins. And um, when I was little, I, I like would pretend to be a mermaid and, you know, swim under the sea. And Ariel the Little Mermaid was my favorite cartoon. And um, I took some, uh, you know, zoology class. And so I was always very interested in that. Um, that, or, you know, I'm actually, I, uh, I would love to be a lawyer so I could, so I could hold people accountable, you know, um, for certain <laughs> things as well. I took, um, I took a summer course at Fordham law school for fashion law. It was the very first mm -hmm. um, fashion law course in the world. And, um, I was part of the first class of that and, uh, you know, it was just fascinating. And so I think, you know, that whole, the whole idea of protecting people and, um, you know, protecting people's rights, I, it's, you know, very interesting to me and, um, I'm also passionate about, so. Question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Oh my gosh. Um, a job that I definitely would not like to attempt would be probably plumbing, a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Can you Why does everyone say that? Everyone says it, that, or, really? Or you, the 50 to 60%, I would say, with this question, the answer is something to do with plumbing or cleaning. They don't want to be a janitor. They don't want to be a garbage man. It, it's always... Garbage men make really good money from, from what I understand, actually. They do. So, yeah. They really and do. if you're in general, if you are in general waste, you also there's also a lot of great money in that because, you know, you never run out of stuff to, no. you know, that never stops. Exactly. So, um, but exactly. I, say, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, plumbing toilets, you know, anything with toilets. <laughs> Have you tried it ever before and it went horribly wrong or you're not even going no. to attempt? No, no, no. I don't know anything about plumbing. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. All right. So final question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say? when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, I would like to hear him say, um, I would like to hear him say, 
Brittany, I am so proud of you. I know you did the absolute best that you, you could. Um, you fought through every obstacle. You gave your heart and soul to everything. And um, I forgive you for your mistakes. And I am absolutely so proud of you. And I love you. And here's a beautiful cloud that you can graze on for the rest of eternity. <laughs> With endless it. ice cream. <laughs> That's a lovely answer. Um, well, Brittany, that's about it. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, everyone who is watching. Be sure to, um, you know, visit us, uh, visit me on Instagram at Brittany Mason official. And you can also follow our Miss Indiana USA, Miss Indiana Teen USA and Miss Universe Ireland all on Instagram. And I can't wait to have a great year. 2021. We will see you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Perfect. Anytime. It was great getting a chance to uh, chance to chat to you. I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. Um, thanks, guys, for watching and putting in the comments, whether it's live or on the replay. And we will speak to you again very, very soon. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Remember, Confessions is out. To get your copy from Amazon, head to shaw.b forward slash confessions book. And I'll see you next time.